Chapter One of History of Billy the Kid by Charles A. Seringo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Roger Moline. History of Billy the Kid by Charles A. Seringo. Chapter One. Billy Bonney kills his first two men and becomes a daring outlaw in the Republic of Mexico. In the slum district of the great city of New York, on the 23rd day of November, 1859, a blue-eyed baby boy was born to William H. Bonney and his good-looking, auburn-haired young wife, Kathleen. Being their first child, he was naturally the joy of their hearts. Later, another baby boy followed. In 1862, William H. Bonney shook the dust of New York City from his shoes and emigrated to Coffeyville, Kansas, on the northern border of the Indian Territory with his little family. Soon after settling down in Coffeyville, Mr. Bonney died. Then the young widow moved to the territory of Colorado, where she married a Mr. Antrim. Shortly after this marriage, the little family of four moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, at the end of the old Santa Fe Trail. Here they opened a restaurant, and one of their first boarders was Ash Upson, then doing work on the Daily New Mexican. Little blue-eyed Billy Bonney was then about five years of age, and became greatly attached to good-natured, jovial Ash Upson, who spent much of his leisure time playing with the bright boy. Three years later, when the hero of our story was about eight years old, Ash Upson and the Antrim family pulled up stakes and moved to the booming silver mine camp of Silver City, in the southwestern part of the territory of New Mexico. Here Mr. and Mrs. Antrim established a new restaurant, and had Ash Upson as the star boarder. Naturally, their boarders were made up of all classes, both women and men, some being gamblers and toughs of the lowest order. Amidst these surroundings, Billy Bonney grew up. He went to school and was a bright scholar. When not at school, Billy was associating with tough men and boys and learning the art of gambling and shooting. This didn't suit Mr. Antrim, who became a cruel stepfather according to Billy Bonney's way of thinking. Jesse Evans, a little older than Billy, was a young tough who was a hero in Billy's estimation. They became fast friends and bosom companions. In the years to come, they were to fight bloody battles side by side, as friends and again as bitter enemies. As a boy, Mr. Upson says Billy had a sunny disposition, but when aroused had an uncontrollable temper. At the tender age of twelve, young Bonnie made a trip to Fort Union, New Mexico, and there gambled with the Negro soldiers. One black nigger cheated Billy, who shot him dead. This story I got from the lips of Billy the Kid in 1878. Making his way back to Silver City, he kept the secret from his fond mother, who was the idol of his heart. 
One day Billy's mother was passing a crowd of toughs on the street. One of them made an insulting remark about her. Billy, who was in the crowd, heard it. He struck the fellow in the face with his fist, then picked up a rock from the street. The tough made a rush at Billy, and as he passed Ed Moulton, he planted a blow back of his ear and laid him sprawling on the ground. This act cemented a friendship between Ed Moulton and the future young outlaw. About three weeks later, Ed Moulton got into a fight with two toughs in Joe Dyer's saloon. He was getting the best of the fight. The young blacksmith who had insulted Mrs. Antrim and who had been knocked down by Ed Moulton saw a chance for revenge. He rushed at Moulton with an uplifted chair. Billy Bonney was standing nearby on nettles ready to render assistance to his benefactor at a moment's notice. The time had now arrived. He sprang at the blacksmith and stabbed him with a knife three times. He fell over dead. Billy ran out of the saloon, his right hand dripping with human blood. Now to his dear mother's arms, where he showered her pale cheeks with kisses for the last time. Realizing the result of his crime, he was soon lost in the pitchy darkness of the night, headed towards the southwest, afoot. For three days and nights, Billy wandered through the cactus-covered hills without seeing a human being. Luck finally brought him to a sheep camp, where the Mexican herder gave him food. From the sheep camp he went to McKnight's ranch and stole a horse, riding away without a saddle. Three weeks later, a boy and a grown man rode into Camp Bowie, a government post. Both were on a skinny, soreback pony. This newfound companion had a name and history of his own, which he was nursing in secret. He gave his name to Billy as Alias, and that was the name he was known by around Camp Bowie. Finally, Billy, having disposed of his soreback pony, started out for the Apache Indian Reservation, with Alias afoot. They were armed with an old army rifle and a six-shooter, which they had borrowed from soldiers. About ten miles southwest of Camp Bowie, these two young desperados came on to three Indians, who had twelve ponies, a lot of pelts, and several saddles, besides good firearms and blankets. In telling of the affair afterwards, Billy said, It was a groundhog case. Here were twelve good ponies, a supply of blankets, and five heavy loads of pelts. Here were three bloodthirsty savages reveling in luxury and refusing help to two free-born white American citizens, footsore and hungry. The plunder had to change hands. As one live Indian could place a hundred United States soldiers on our trail, the decision was made. In about three minutes there were three dead Indians stretched out on the ground, and with their ponies and plunder we skipped. There was no fight. It was the softest thing I ever struck. About one hundred miles from this bloody field of battle, 
the surplus ponies and plunder were sold and traded off to a band of texas emigrants finally the two young brigands settled down in tucson where billy's skill as a monte dealer and card player kept them in luxuriant style and gave them prestige among the sporting fraternity becoming tired of town life the two desperados hit the trail for san simon where they beat a band of indians out of a lot of money in a fake horse race the next we hear of billy bonney is in the state of sonora old mexico where he went alone according to his own statement in sonora he joined issues with a mexican gambler named melquiades segura one night the two murdered a monte dealer don jose martinez and secured his bank roll now the two desperados shook the dust of sonora from their feet and landed in the city of chihuahua the capital of the state of chihuahua several hundred miles to the eastward across the sierra madres mountains end of chapter one recording by roger moline